0: This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play via the iHeartRadio app. We have a standard. We've set it. We have a process we go through. It's taken time in this organization to build it. Tonight was, we did not exercise it. We gave up too many chances to a really good team that wanted to beat us, and a team that we've handled and beaten the playoffs, and they haven't forgotten. And, you know, after tonight, I won't forget this but they deserved what they had and we probably helped them along in that process. So don't look at our lineup and say, well, that's a victim of circumstances. We, we put ourselves in that position.
1: Yeah, they did. And listen, we're going to talk about that game a little bit today on the show. Dave Michigan and I breaking it all down. I'm Greg Lanelli, Steve Ersnick producing. It's one hour of just straight up hockey talk as we get you set for lighting and Rangers tonight at Amelie arena. But partner, I don't know about you. I, I don't, I don't want to harp on a lot of what happened last night. Look, there are some things we can discuss. That was as bad a loss as you're going to have as a professional sports team. I will tell you this. It has no bearing, big picture, on how I feel about the Lightning. I understand sometimes you can have games like this. I think it's a little stunning when you see it happen to the (laughs) two-time defending Stanley Cup champs. Understanding the issues in net, when I say issues, you don't have your number one or your number two and you still have some guys out. Other teams are dealing with those as well. That was just a clunker of a game. They do happen, but I think there are some things we can discuss that the Lightning, no doubt, I think have to get rectified if they want to make partner 2022 just as sweet as 2021, which of course, as we know, ended with a Stanley Cup to
0: their their belt. Well, I should mention that I saw Bob had a comment before the show that he does not want to starve on last but, night's game. Bob's like our pseudo-producer, <laughs> by like, the yeah, way. He's like, yeah, I guess he's directing the show in a way. <laughs> we can't just, but Greg, we just can't ignore Correct. last night's game, particularly when the Lightning gave up nine. So I think there is part of this which is how much of this is just a single solitary game, a one-off. Like you said, you're not going to worry too much about one regular season game. These games happen, which they do. They happened to the Lightning last year. I remember a game in Nashville, David Savard's first game. They didn't give up nine, but that was a very poor defensive performance, and the Lightning got blown out in that game. And you know what? They, they went on to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So you can have games like this over the course of, of what is going to ultimately be a championship season. So just because they lost 9-3 last night to the Panthers, one of the teams that they're, they're probably going to have to go through if they want to win a third straight cup, does not necessarily provide any sort of forecast for something that might happen down the road in the playoffs. But there is something to, and again, Bob brought up this point before we signed off yesterday which i think i responded and i acknowledged his point but wasn't going to make it into more than what it was which he talked about the defensive breakdowns and it's now three games in a row going back to the vegas game before the holiday break that the lightning have been giving up prime scoring chances john cooper mentioned it in his post game now This is not, like, a systemic problem that has plagued the Lightning all year, and Coop even mentioned that, that he said cutting down on chances in the middle of the ice has been a strong suit of ours, but we've gotten away from it in the last three games. So that is not, like, to me, a one-off, isolated situation. This is something the Lightning have to correct, and maybe it's good they're coming back, whatever, Less than twenty-four hours after last night's game ended, to try and get back at it and and correct some of the the problem areas that have crept into their game, but I will point out that you know the Florida Panthers are now sixteen and three on home ice, but you know one of their three home losses, they gave up eight to Ottawa. Remember that game before Christmas? I do, because I do. then Ottawa came to Amelie Arena. They were coming off that that blowout win, so it can happen. The reason that it happened was that you had a pretty lethal combination from the Lightning's perspective of a really talented, fast, deep team that is really capable of exposing you, talking about the Panthers, and how they can attack with a team that was just wrapping up belated Christmas presents for them. I mean, Duclair was getting breakaways. Verhage had a breakaway. Vitrano has two open looks, one right after the other in the slot. Think about the goals the Panthers scored. I mean, breakaways and open chances in front. The one that wasn't an open chance in front was the Ekblad goal, which even that was a pretty good chance because he was able to skate right to the top of the circle that was a fantastic shot and he's having a good year offensively yeah he's he's got nine goals this year yeah he but what I'm saying is like on that one you're like all right they had a bit of an issue on on their rush coverage and Huberto makes a great cross ice pass there but a lot of that had to do with the quality of the shot that beat the goalie the other eight (laughs) were, I mean, look, Duclair had two nice finishes on his breakaway, so I'm not saying that he didn't have a quality shot there, but it is a breakaway. He has an in-alone chance on the goalie, and the others, what does that leave? Six. (laughs) The other six were all rebounds from right in front. Yeah. And so if you're going to allow the Florida Panthers to get those kinds of looks, you're going to be in for a long night. If you allow any NHL team those kinds of looks, you could be in for a long night. The Panthers are just too good and too deep. They got scoring up and down their roster. They're like, thank you very much. Going to give us this open look. We're going to bury it. And they did, repeatedly. They did. And, you know, I saw a lot of criticism.
1: And again, take it for what it's worth, partner. But I think sometimes if this is what the reaction is going to be after a loss like this, perhaps you and I need to come on the airwaves and, and mention it, that, you know, the goaltending was suspect on the Lightning's part. And I, I think he kind of answered the question for me, I- at least how I felt. I mean, look, I understand Legacy is not Andre Vasilevsky. I understand he's not Brian Elliott's. If he was, he would, he would be holding down a job in the NHL. I, I, I acknowledge the limitations there. With legacy and and where he is in his career. I don't know if I come off that game thinking the goaltending is what let them down, Dave. I mean, we take for granted, we mentioned breakaway attempts and prime scoring opportunities that sometimes Tampa Bay allows. And Vasilevsky, more times than not, is there to bail out his team. Uh, Legacy, obviously, is not Vasilevsky. So you put a player like that, a goaltender, in that type of environment against that team, when I say that team, the Florida Panthers, you can make the argument in the Eastern Conference especially, they're one of the top two or three teams in that division, let alone maybe even the league. They have a lot of skill. We saw that last night. And when you're not buttoned up defensively, and now you have your third and fourth string goaltenders partner in an environment like that, Yeah, I could probably see giving up nine goals. So, I just want to be very clear. I didn't think Legacy was on a list of ten things that went wrong last night for Tampa Bay. Maybe he was eleven for me. Yeah, (laughs) I really maybe
0: maybe the way to look at it is: had Vasilevsky or Elliott been in the net, how many goals would the Panthers have scored? Yes, and. You want to make an argument that maybe they don't score nine. Uh, of course, three of those came against all NFL, too. But let's say the Lightning had their regular goalies available. The Panthers maybe don't score nine, but they score a lot. Or we're talking about one of the greatest Vasilevsky larceny performances in his already spectacular career. Correct. I mean, that was, that was the level of scoring chance numbers (laughs) it's not so much that they gave up a lot of scoring chances which they did but the chances they allowed like they grade them right like grade a scoring chance that was like a grade a plus 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 scoring chance and those happened again and again and again that's asking a lot for any goalie to deal with and I guess I would look at it this way. If you're the Lightning and you know you have a legacy in there and you know your opponent, you know how good they are, Yep. you have to make sure that they aren't getting those looks, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Try and cut down on those looks as best you can. That was, that was one kind of regret that Lalonde had coming out of the Montreal game, where he felt legacy played well, as did we. We talked about it. He said, I wish we, I wish we would have done a better job in front of him, limiting chances. That's what Newsy said. After a game they won, and it was was going in the wrong direction from the Montreal game to the Florida game. Some of that had to do with the opponent, too. Taking nothing away from the Canadians, but the Panthers have guys that will certainly make you pay if you're going to have those kinds of errors.
1: Right. And they
0: did. And they did. And they yeah.
1: did, and they were pretty good. You know what was um unfortunate about last night for the Lightning? And this kind of goes back to the overall evaluation I have, Dave, when it comes to the Florida Panthers. I didn't think Spencer Knight was particularly sharp. I don't know how you felt about his overall game. He clearly got the win. The Lightning did mm-hmm. have some chances. I think you made the correct observation last night that – Maybe the Lightning didn't have as many glorious scoring opportunities no, as the Panthers didn't. did, and and uh, for whatever reason, that that yeah. could be the, the, the even Panthers. in
0: the first period they had 19 shots, so they had yeah. a lot of possession. That's how they had, to, uh, that's how they got to the 19 shot on goal total and 28 attempts, but they didn't get the sorts of looks that the Panthers got.
1: No, they didn't. They didn't, and I felt like though Knights – wasn't at the top of his game. And we had Doug Plagans on yesterday, and I, I kind of asked him that question about the goaltending situation. And it does look like this is Bobrovsky's job to lose because Knight's numbers haven't been impressive, Dave. And I don't know what the reason is for that, but, you know, E and I were talking about it during our intermission reports. It felt like not a wasted opportunity, but the game could have been a little closer had the Lightning been able to apply more sustained pressure offensively because I thought Knight didn't look great. And sometimes that's going to happen. Give credit to Florida Dave for not allowing Knight to be put in a position where he had to steal a game. But that was one of those cases where it would have been interesting to see had Tampa Bay been a little bit better in that game, what would the outcome have been? Understanding that Knight maybe wasn't at his best and I I thought maybe showed some vulnerabilities in his game last night.
0: Well, the Lightning didn't test him as much as maybe they would have liked to have tested him. And also in Knight's defense, sometimes when the game is, you know, 6-2, <laughs> right? Your, your level of, of play, and this is maybe more for the team in front of the goalie than the goalie, because the goalie's job is to stop the puck, whether the game is 6-2 or 2-2 or whatever. But I'm not going to disagree with you. I mean he was a little out of position on the stamp ghost goal
1: can i play that back for my wife
0: i'm not going to disagree i often say i am not going to disagree with you (laughs) i think we are in agreement more often than we are we are not in agreement and i am i am i am in agreement with your overall take but i think that that that's really a maybe not the 11th reason (laughs) like that's pretty far down in the list for me of like how to look at this game I think when you lose by six, it's hard to say that you missed an opportunity because the other goalie maybe wasn't as dialed in as much as as you've seen him. Because no the Lightning have seen Spencer Knight be dialed in, certainly. Played very well in that, forget about the playoffs last year, which I don't want to forget about the playoffs. He played well in the two games that he got in, in the playoff series last year. He also played well in the Panthers' 4-1 win at Amelie Arena at the start of the year. But... He didn't have to be spectacular. Last no, he didn't, night.
1: and that's that. Look, that's a that's a sign of a good team, I think. You know, if, yeah. if you don't have to rely on your goaltender, to be great, uh, we probably should get to some lineups, li- lineup changes tonight. I mean, yeah, uh, was circuit Chev no, is in? We yes, know that, which is good.
0: And it, Schuster skated this morning, so he's got to be out of the the protocol list as well. And I know there's some confusion, Greg, from the fans about like. How are are some players still on the list? How are some players off the list? So should I break this down again? I mean, I think it's it's worth breaking it down again to clarify, because now we have two more cases where Sergeyev for sure is off. Schuster didn't meet with the media, but if he's skating with the rest of the guys, he's clearly off. So the clock starts ticking when you have your first positive test. After five days and like 24 hours after your first positive test, that is counted as day one. So like once you hit day one, then, you know, like zero to 24 is, is on the way to day one. So day five is literally 24 times five after your first positive test. So I did see that you could be tested on day four before you hit day five particularly for the, the test that takes longer, probably, the PCR test. And if it's clear, then you could be released, you know, the, the minute you hit day five. Here are a couple things we don't know. We don't know exactly because of the holiday break when some of these Lightning players had their first positive test. In the case of Belmar, and he even told the media yesterday that he spent Christmas isolated, His first positive test, or his positive test, his initial positive test, came before Christmas. So after five days, he got a negative test. That's how he was able to play last night. Maybe he would have been able to play on the 29th as well. (laughs) Correct. We just didn't know that. So with the Lightning are not providing... Or didn't provide, I should say. They didn't say for these players that, that came out of the holiday break on the list. They didn't say exactly when that first positive test was. That's their, that's their right. <laughs> they don't have to announce it. They just said these guys are on the list. They also are not saying specifically when a player is eligible to, to come off. Like Vasilevsky might be a day five. We don't know that. But because we didn't know when his first positive test was, we don't know when the fifth day arrives. And just because you get to a fifth day doesn't mean that you're allowed to come off the list. You need to produce either a negative PCR test, uh, a viral load with that metric 30 or higher, which is also tabulated on the PCR test, or two of the POC tests, which are the quicker tests that can be read fairly soon after you take it where you had the test. So basically within like whatever it is, 30 to 40 to 45 minutes, they'll they'll get a result. You need two of those and they have to be two hours apart. So it's possible that some of these guys are on the list. They've hit five days, but they haven't kind of passed this last threshold or they're still in their five-day window. So the way the lightning are kind of releasing this, we kind of have to wait and see until like Mikhail Sergachev comes on the ice, right? And then he meets with the meeting, he said, Yeah, you know, I didn't have any symptoms, and I'm off the I'm off the list. So some of it is just going to be a wait and see. Other teams are actually saying this player tested positive, this player came off the list, like they're being much more proactive about yeah disseminating this information but that's their choice the lightning don't have to do that now clearly they announced you know john cooper and belmar coming off the list but that news broke yesterday morning it's possible that they were actually off the list the day before maybe they went with the team on the team flight we don't know
1: you know who hates those roles is vegas (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah.
0: Well, what were you talking about? Fans who are buying tickets and then yeah. at the last minute a game might be postponed. This is like yeah. the opposite, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, Even I that. bought tickets to this game and, and what? Oh, this player is available? Yeah. I You know, I'm wondering Like if, Christmas all over again. Honestly,
1: I'm a little more... Well, I think they're becoming a little more transparent, but I, I am surprised with that component of sports just out there. Yeah. That things aren't detailed a little bit more for you know, our friends in Vegas that
0: set the lines for a lot of these games, because that is a big part of sports. I know you off can do the math. Though. You can, you can, and you can figure it out. And, and the other part too, is that at 10 days, you are eligible to come off. Correct. So it's going to be somewhere between five and 10 from the first positive test, the Rangers, the lightning's opponent tonight for their game against Florida, which was two days ago, they had four players on the list. How many of those four are eligible to come off? We don't know yet.
1: Yeah, and apparently they're going with the same lineup they had
0: okay. against the Panthers. Has that they been confirmed?
1: That. I just saw that on a tweet, and I retweeted it from, All right. Uh, somebody who covers the Rangers. Uh, that's what Gallant said. Well, if that's said. the
0: case, then those four players, because some of them are, are regulars, they are still on the list, maybe with the exception of Georgiev, because they're starting Turkin and Georgiev, theoretically could be off the list and backing up. Yes. I shouldn't say definitely. Jared Tenorti hasn't really played much this year. He was on the list. But a guy like Ryan Lindgren is a regular player for them on defense. He's on the list, and it would be my expectation that if he's off the list, he would be in the lineup. I got that from Molly Walker, who's their sports
1: reporter okay. for the uh, New York Post. So.
0: Well, let's let's go with Molly's scoop then.
1: Yeah, so that's for you. By the way, Sergeyev, did you read how he stayed in shape? He was doing some yard work. There you go. That's the way to do it, Dave. You know, yeah, pull some weeds, shooting pucks in his in his garage <laughs> yeah, too. That's right. Which uh, which and he'll be a welcome addition. You know, I want to get to some questions here concerning the Lightning's leaky play. Last night, and there are some people out there who feel like it's becoming a trend, and maybe we'll take a break. We'll get to that on the other side. Also, too, we've got some protocol questions. More of those about the league and when players can come back, and some more confusion. You did, but there's (laughs) more. Were they not listening? I know there, there's maybe a the question. Bit more. It's the a little, question little different. Came in yeah, yeah.
0: before I just went through all. That.
1: I think it's more of postponing games. I think. That's, oh, okay. And I think that's a fair. It's a fair question. Let's yeah, put it that it way. And we'll get to that. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Bolts Radio. He is Dave Michigan. I am Greg Lanelli. We're getting you set for Lightning and Rangers. It is the last game of the new year, and as you reflect back, 2021, most memorable moments. I mean, obviously, I think for us here in Tampa, it's that last call that mission Espo had with the lightning being able to lift the stanley cup but if there's any other moments that you had outside of winning the stanley cup share with us on our twitter feed and we will make sure we get that out to you so everybody can listen to it we'll take a break we'll come back it is power lunch on lightning power play
0: this is power lunch exclusively on lightning power play on the iheart radio app left, Coleman looking to grab it, Dano trying to center it, knocking it away, Yadigord, he clears it, he clears it, I don't think this is gonna be an icing, no, three seconds left, Petrie a final shot, the Lady have done it, they have done it, they, they have it again. gone back to back for the second year in a row, wow. they have won the Stanley Cup.
1: I mean, if that's not the best moment of 2021 for you as a hockey fan, I don't know what is. Although you may have something that's maybe close to it leading up to that memorable call by the guy who does the show with me every day, Dave Michigan, and, of course, Phil Esposito. I am Greg Lenelli, Steve Versick, producing. Thanks for getting that cut there, Steve, at Bolts Radio here on Power Lunch. And, partner, you know, as we get back to some more of these questions, I do think it's interesting when we take a look at 2021. Obviously, last night's notwithstanding there were a lot of tremendous moments uh, outside of that last call there that we heard and i'm curious does anything else stick out for you when you when you maybe look back at at how 2021 unfolded and how far the lightning came to to win their second of you know two back to back cups
0: well i've enjoyed doing the show with you i know that started in 2020 that's true That's been a nice addition for me. I I, like you asked me my, my own opinion, (laughs) so I'm going to talk about me and my life and, and kind of what goes on for me in 2021 or what went on. And I've made this comment to a few people. So I, I, basically have a three pronged involvement with every lightning game, one calling the game two, writing about the game afterward. And three, doing the show with you. What I have found, the show came last. I mean, obviously, the broadcasting came first, and I've been writing this extra shift column. It's probably eight or nine years now after every game. And then, and then the talk show, we started doing it together just before the bubble tournament in 2020. And what I found is that, like, it's a, uh, I don't, I don't know the example, the, the, the tripod, right? The three legs <laughs> holding up the camera. Like one helps the other, which helps the other, which helps the other. Like I find that my broadcasting is aided by the fact that we do the show together. And I feel that writing a post-game column helps when we do the show. And broadcasting certainly helps me write the post-game column. So I really enjoyed getting a chance to break down games and and preview games with you because not only do i like doing it i think that it adds to the broadcast but also i think the broadcast helps me
1: yeah it's a good point break
0: down games with you yeah. and and in the column in there as well like i think all of it has just made my made my ability to kind of think about the game and understand the game like it's, it's fine-tuned it a little bit. So I've enjoyed that. But clearly, you know, the, the team winning the Stanley Cup would be at the top of the list. There's not much disputing that. But I also think about how often we did the show during the 2021 regular season, the one last year I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And that was a regular season in which the Lightning finished third in their division. And they only played the seven other teams in their division. And how many times we had to kind of temper disappointment with how the Lightning were playing in the regular season. That's a good because point. Because after a hot start, yeah. you know, they, they kind of – they gave themselves enough of a cushion that they didn't need to, to just rev the engine the whole 56 games. But in the end, it didn't matter that they finished third. What mattered was that they found their best hockey in the playoffs. Now, it doesn't always happen, <laughs> so you don't know that. When like, when we're talking about a loss in the middle of April in the regular season where the team didn't play very well, we didn't know that they would be able to find that other gear in the playoffs. We hoped that they would. I think you had a lot of confidence that they would be able to do that based on what you had seen from them in the 2020 run. But I think rem- remembering that, and I'm not really answering your question about, like, the most memorable moments, but I'm thinking back on 2021, and we did a lot of shows, not after a 9-3 loss, but we did a lot of shows where fans were asking, like, what's going on with the team? And Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you're, you getting on the, the soapbox about Vasilevsky for MVP, there was a reason why you were saying that, because Vasilevsky was being put through the paces a little bit, because the team in front of him was not – as dialed in as we probably thought they needed to be. So I think that that is an important reminder to kind of keep things in perspective and the perspective as we have right now is the lightning of 46 points and they are atop top the league standings in terms of points, not in terms of points percentage. Cause some of the teams right behind them haven't played as many games, but they have done a, f- a phenomenal job of, of setting themselves up to get in the playoffs when this regular season ends and then let's see how they do uh but if you were to ask me like what are my memories of 2021 the team's run in the playoffs the involvement that I've had covering the team in its different mediums (laughs) and and different ways
1: well that's a good one
0: and and also the ongoing COVID story I mean whether it's postponed games and condensed scheduling and And no travel for me to travel for me, now back to no travel for me, at least hopefully in the short term. You know, that's part of it too. And also spending a lot of time at home, which has been, you know, a silver lining in all of this, more than I would have otherwise. But, you know, I'm not going to get that time again when things return to normal as far as the hockey season is concerned. So I tried to, I tried to, appreciate that and appreciate the opportunity to do more games with Phil because he was doing games with me from the studio on the road and games with Chief which Chief and I hadn't done games together for a number of years he used to just slot in when TV wasn't wasn't working and 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 he was available it was on the road so it didn't happen often we got to do a lot of games together last year which which I'm appreciative for
1: yeah no you know you bring up some good points that I I hadn't thought about and you know, the games, the shows that we had done together during that time, you're right. There were a lot of times we came on the airwaves, and I think we had mentioned, listen, the Lightning aren't playing particularly well during the stretch, but maybe we're more inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt when the games really count. Because they had done it the previous year. It doesn't always work out that way, and maybe there was something in the DNA of that team that allowed us to think that way, or at least for me, Um I know that was something that I did harp on. You know what? I'm going to look back on 2021, Dave, and it it might be more of legacy for some players because you have a chance to win back-to-backs. And I told you, I think it was a couple of days ago, when you look back, I think, at this lightning run and these group of players who won those back-to-back championships, and and hopefully it's more, but, you know, we're working with what we know, is that history will look back at what these guys did and remember them in a way that maybe few have because of what you had just said, COVID consuming our world. And it affected so many things. And it affected the players in the league to adjust in a way to get these games in. But I think through all of that, the league put a lot of pressure on the players, not only physically, but mentally. And playing in a bubble in front of nobody is just not normal for an athlete. We can talk about how mentally tough these guys are, but let's face it, they are entertainers as well. And these guys do like to perform in front of a packed house, particularly during a Stanley Cup run. And I feel like over the last couple of years, at times, they were deprived of that. And for a team like the Lightning to overcome those odds and to win the way they did, whether it was playing in a bubble or whether it was playing six or seven teams repeatedly in one year because of the schedule and wanting to get all the games in, for them to win back-to-back, I think puts them in higher standing, in my opinion, than some other teams that have done it in previous years. I also think, too, when you take a look at some individual performances, it has really put some players on the map towards greatness. Braden Point, I think, is already on that trajectory, if he's not already there. I think Andre Vasilevsky, based off of what he's done in clinching series games has put himself in the conversation of perhaps being one of the greatest of all time and I'm not going to shy away from giving somebody that label because we don't give that to somebody who just comes up for a cup of coffee and averages a point per game and, and then fizzles out this guy has a track record and he's been dominant from start to finish since he's been in the league I also think the way Nikita Kucherov came in last year in the playoffs and dominated at least when you take a look at his points per game There aren't many players that can do what he did when you miss a full regular season. Then you come back and be as productive in the high-level games that he did it in and not come away impressed. And I think Kucherov put himself in some conversations as one of the best offensive players in the game. Certainly Victor Hedman we know, and I'm sure I'm going to miss a couple. Steven Stamkos' maybe resurgence as once again, Dave a very dominant offensive player. You know, you take a look at what he did last year in the regular season, and now you're taking a look at at what he's doing now, and maybe last year was the start of him kind of getting that second life of of being healthy and being a guy who is an elite scorer in this game. So I I think individually and team-wise, there were some really big moments, I think, for some players who have maybe started to etch their stone... As being some of the greats that we have seen, and it's all happening with this Lightning team, and that's why to just bring it all together one more time. When I talk about the golden age of Lightning hockey, this is what I'm talking about. You have to have some special performances, and throw in the head coach for that matter.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely.
1: For what for what he's been able to do, things like this don't come around often. You know, it's it's kind of like an, an NFL franchise who finds that star quarterback, that franchise quarterback, for 15 years. And Dave, they could go another 20 years never finding or duplicating that success again. And they're, they're kind of in that mediocre realm of teams that are constantly trying to find that franchise quarterback. Look at the Bucs. That's probably a good example. You, know, you bring mm-hmm. a guy like Tom Brady, and, and there you go. But the Lightning have done it for an extended period of time with... A lot of players who I think when it's all said and done, we're going to look back on very fondly and I think will be considered some of the greats this game has ever produced. And I I don't say that lightly because I don't like to be hyperbolic, but just look at the numbers, look at the accomplishments, and then look at the area they did it in. Then you factor in COVID, and I think this is really a special group, and I think we're hoping that 2022 is just as special as the previous two years.
0: Well, we hope that's one of the things we love about sports, though—the unpredictability of it. Yes. So when you have a fairy tale ending, it 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 almost carries more impact because you don't know the ending until you actually get to the end of the story, right? So, of we don't know what's going to happen in the 2022 playoffs. I'll say the conclusion of this season. We can hope the Lightning will be able to to replicate for a third straight year going all the way, but that's one of the reasons and maybe one of the biggest reasons why sports and following sports, it's so compelling. You've said this often, Greg. You just don't know what you're going to get, like Forrest Gump with a box of chocolates, right? <laughs> but Yeah,
1: you don't. And that's why I think when you're able to sustain this type of success, I do think sometimes we have to take a step back and just applaud it because it's really hard to find that over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, when I look back at 2021, that's one of the big picture things I'm going to take from it. You know, we talked about dealing with COVID and Chris, the rapper, had a, uh, a question He's still wrapping gifts. I, I assume Chris, the rapper. he says, he <laughs> uh, should change
0: his title to Chris <laughs> Unwrapper from Christmas Day. Because, forward. Guys, do you,
1: do you think we could get some insight on why the NHL is postponing some games with teams who are really shorthanded due to COVID, but letting others go on doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason to it.
0: Well, I agree that it doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason to it unless you are in the weeds on getting the information about what's going on in each individual locker in which the leak is getting that information and we are not. So they may talk to a team that has six, seven guys who are currently in the list and they feel that the wave is just going to get worse. Or maybe now we have the taxi squad. Maybe there's some uncertainty about the availability of players on the taxi squad. I think there is confidence, and I use that word because I saw a quote from Bill Daly, where he didn't say the word confident, but but I, I'm I'm interjecting that word based on the quote where he said, you know, we've had so many players who have tested positive, and if we're gonna assume you're not gonna test positive again, there shouldn't be any problem finishing the season. That's that's kind of where he was going with it. So Where my confidence is, is I am confident that the number of postponed games as we get farther along here, by farther along I mean in the next couple of weeks, between players who have been on the COVID list coming off the list, which would mean theoretically they shouldn't go back on the list, theoretically, but let's go with that theory, and the extra availability of the taxi squad players that we didn't have before Christmas, those two components I think will lead to far fewer games postponed. But for the games that are currently being postponed, and I was just looking at it today, Greg. Let me take a look here. All right, originally we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games scheduled, but only four are actually being played. So we have have a couple of teams that are going through this that still even, not even now, but like Dallas is having a problem. So Dallas had... All of its games postponed, I think, since the break ended. And they had back-to-back games against Colorado. So that's one of the games that's not being played. Off the top of my head, I can't remember the other two, which which are not being played. But, you know, they're looking at a team, and they're like, all right, we, we can't force this team to play when they only have, like, 11 available players, let's say, or 12 available players. That is different than what we saw with the Lightning Canadians, where there were 15 total players and two coaches who are on the COVID list. But with the addition of the taxi squads, like the teams are able to feel the lineup. So I think without knowing specifically what is going on with each individual team, which the league does have that information, which is helping them determine whether or not a game should be postponed or not. I think that if it's possible for a game to be played, even if it's with, we'll call them taxi squad players, they're going to get this game in. For those teams, though, that can't even field, let's say, 18 and two, even taking into account the fact that they've added taxi squad players, or maybe they're just at that number, and there's an expectation that they may have more positive tests coming up. The league is the league is not going to put that team in that situation. That's the best way I can answer it, Greg. But again, I'm not in the league office looking at all these different scenarios and having all of the information that they have available at their fingertips.
1: I think this is where Al's frustration is. He says, guys, this entire protocol situation is snowballed and it's out of control. Millions of vaccinated people are walking around with covid are asymptomatic and not being tested. The NHL should immediately implement a back to play status. If you're not sick, you can play.
0: Well, we've talked about this, Greg. I just yeah. don't see that happening. And some of it has to do with with the rules in place in Canada. And I think they are concerned. I don't want to speak for the league, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my opinion and if it's not exactly what the league is thinking, then I hope I'm at least in the ballpark.
1: Yeah, we have an idea of what they're thinking. So what
0: they're thinking is if you have one unvaccinated, I'm sorry, one vaccinated asymptomatic player that you choose not to test, and that player is COVID positive and contagious, he could spread it around the locker room. Mm -hmm. So if you test positive and are theoretically contagious, they want you to isolate, whether you're showing symptoms or not. And while I am... I am understanding of the fact that you and I as private citizens do not necessarily feel the need to be tested if we are asymptomatic and we've had no other components like we've talked about, we haven't had a close contact with somebody who's tested positive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They would, that would lead us to go get tested. Right. As private citizens, we are not required to be tested every day, Mm -hmm. but NHL players are playing in a league that has rules and those rules are in place because you have 23 players with team staff coaches trainers equipment managers ancillary staff that theoretically could be infected because you are in close quarters with them that is why I think these rules are different for NHL players than they are for you and me as as private citizens I keep referring to us as private citizens but you know where I'm going with that right And I just don't see the league changing that, what they have done. And look, Al, I understand your frustration. You were not the only one who was frustrated. I think Mikhail Sergeyev was pretty frustrated. He had no symptoms, and he had to miss two games. I get it. But I think the league is trying by reducing the amount of isolation time to try and get players back more quickly. And if you are asymptomatic, you should be able to return I would think, fairly quickly. But I just yeah, don't think they are going to open themselves up listen, to having more of a spread because they aren't testing. You're right. And I think you made this point to me. Look, the protocols could
1: change four months from now. They could. and Or even sooner. We started the year testing every 72 hours. Let's put it this way. Based off of the information that I see out there with this new variant treatments out there, vaccinations, and the age range we're dealing with when we talk about these NHL players. I have a hard time thinking these same protocols, while they have been loosened, Dave, let's make no mistake, I actually think they're going to be loosened a bit more once the playoffs begin. You may be right about that, Greg. I just, I can't see... Like, Sergachev, I'm sure, was disappointed he missed a couple of games because he was asymptomatic and didn't feel anything. John Cooper expressed, I mean, he was like, look, I, I've dealt with worse than this. I, I was fine. I, the DNA in these players is to play. And now if you force them to sit and they're not feeling anything, after everything they have gone through in terms of vaccines, boosters, treatments, therapies, staying isolated before... I think the league is going to move more towards the direction of loosening the restrictions even more so than what we're seeing now. That's just a guess. I think we're trending in the right way, actually, not going backwards. And I think that's one of the changes we will see. If this still is in place in the playoffs and you start seeing star players having to miss games in round one or round two of the most important time of the year, after everything these guys have been put through this year, I don't think that's going to go over very well. And I, I I think the league secretly at least understands that. And that's just my hunch. I have no inside information on that.
0: Well, and look, if we're going to assume the regular season is going to end when it's supposed to end, which is the end of April, May feels like an eternity <laughs> from it now. Does. It when does. it comes to how things it change does. and shift so quickly really relating does. to to but I mean, end end.
1: what I'm saying is, I, I'm think I'm thinking we're going to be better off, you know, as a society, I hope just so. in general. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's a positive outlook that I'm trying to give people, and I just think sports sometimes maybe moves a little slower than where we are as a society, just because there are different rules in place and they have to they have to monitor their greatest assets, which are the players, and make sure they're okay. But I I, I think we're trending. What I'm saying is, I think we're going to be trending in the right direction, and I'm hoping these protocols are going to go away or at least be loosened even more than what they are right now. And I think the fact that the league has been willing to do that up to this point is a positive sign and should be looked at it that way.
0: I went on the show yesterday and I said, I thought the league did as well as it possibly could have given the different parties they needed to satisfy how else can I put it and there they have unhappy players yeah. who are some unhappy players maybe not all players are unhappy but they had unhappy players with the the level of testing and 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 the fact that they had to sit out when they felt fine you had the the two governments and and beyond the governments of the U.S. and Canada but the local municipalities because it changes from region to region that Affects the decision the league is going to make because they have member teams in different areas and they have to respect that. Yeah, you're right. And then also following kind of the guidance from these, you know, national agencies or medical agencies, I guess we would say, that are setting the guidelines for the public at large. And I think that they tried to they tried to check every box best they could. Fans may say, you know what, Mish, you're wrong. (laughs) Yeah, They should have done, they should have just forgotten about testing asymptomatic players, period. And I respect that opinion. I just don't think the league could have taken that step.
1: Hey, look, Dave, it, it takes, and I don't want to say real leadership because I think these guys exhibit leadership on different levels. It would have really taken some stones and some leadership to say, look, I understand what. The general population is doing when it comes to covid and how to deal with it so we're going to do this something completely opposite i think i I don't know if the owners are willing to go there (laughs) clearly they weren't i think as we've gotten more information dave and they feel a little bit more comfortable with where we're headed you're starting to see some of the protocols loosened that's a positive sign and i think that's kind of where we are i don't necessarily disagree with you with what the league tried to do I think they did what the other leagues tried to do. Let's get these guys back playing. Let's hopefully get the regular season finished in a timely manner and hopefully get our game back to normal. The question becomes, what will normal look like moving forward? I think that's, that's a, a fair, fair question. question. And I do think that is a fair question. But, Bob, you know, like
0: like Al's point about, well, you know, why are we testing players who aren't feeling sick? Now, as we talked about yesterday, if a player has had COVID and comes off the protocol list, Then he does not need to be tested for 90 days unless he has symptoms. And that's going to end up being, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's not going to be a small percentage. Yeah, A lot of players have gone on the list.
1: Guys, here's the other thing, too, that we're not talking about. When you do get COVID, asymptomatic, symptomatic, you do develop the antibodies. I mean, there, there is – you do have – Well, that's why
0: they're giving you the 90 days.
1: Correct. But, I mean, yeah. you, are, you are even more protected, which, you know, again, most people are asymptomatic, at least from this new variant. I mean, there are – I mean, yes, you obviously are getting people who have symptoms in this age range. It feels like they are – the symptoms aren't as great as if you were older, which is why you take the precautions, whichever range group, age group you're in. But you do develop some of the antibodies there, and I think that's something also, too. These guys, they're collecting all of this information, and then I think they're making the best decision possible for themselves and for the team. And I think it's a positive development. I know it's taking longer than a lot of people would want, but I think that's just kind of the nature of where we are with this virus. I I think everybody, including the government, including doctors, are are probably learning new things about the different variants of this virus and i think we're all kind of learning on the fly hopefully we stop learning on the fly though dave i know (laughs) and i think that's maybe some of the frustration that everybody has so we'll see we'll see how that plays out but al it's a good question
0: and i appreciate al's comments you know that i do Uh, i like the fact that he is bold in what he tweets out at us and it sparks a lot of debate
1: yeah but i just i just don't see
0: i just don't see the league adopting that lenient of a policy at least not as we speak today. maybe
1: next year for sure maybe next year but we'll see how that plays out bob kind of getting back to the game last night and where we are today he says would the game have been different with just vassy yes would the bolts have won maybe he says we can now appreciate more what 88 81 and 86 and others missing mean to this team the bolts struggled against a subpar habs team saw this coming guys expect a tough one against
0: the rangers well the rangers are a good team They had a seven-game winning streak. But, you know, all teams go through these speed bumps. The Rangers are 2-4-1 in their last seven after they won seven in a row. You know, Dave. So, you know, not every team can just roll right along and, and, and hit that high standard just repeatedly and indefinitely. But I will say this. John Cooper was adamant after the game that who they had in the lineup did not have... Let's say enough of a bearing to to lead to what we saw on the ice. And we I can talk about, you know, Chernak wasn't available and Kutrov wasn't available and Sorelli wasn't available, no Sergachev. Victor Hedman was minus six. Yeah. <laughs> now it wasn't all on him, every yeah. one of those goals, but you know, it's not like Sean Day was minus six, where you're like, okay, well, we had to we had and I'm not picking on Sean Day, but I'm saying that, you know, for a younger player who's newer to the NHL, put into a, a situation where, because the Lightning were, were short due to COVID, the Panthers were able to exploit that. Now, Duclair did get behind him on his second breakaway goal. But I actually thought Darren Radish had a really good NHL debut in a game in which his team lost 9-3. to three. Right. But <laughs> if you're looking at the plus-minus, and the Panthers scored eight of their nine goals that would have resulted in a minus on the Lightning side, you know, Radish and Day were each only minus one. Yeah. So, you know, yes, the Lightning were missing some of their regulars, but some of their other regulars were out there for, for a lot of these breakdowns.
1: Yeah, and look, I, I, I read somewhere, too, on Twitter, a bunch of people were talking about, like, Julian breeze was, is he going to have to address the depth, that this exposed not only the goaltending depth issues, but also the back end and maybe getting another forward or two. And to that, I'd say that's living in a perfect world. I mean, understand the cap situation for all teams. You are not going to be deep at every position. I think the fact that the Lightning have won as many games as they have, Dave, with as many people out, with who they've had to recall, and the players that they had to bring in in the offseason, I think speaks to how good this management team is. And yes, okay, if you start getting on, okay, you're, you're not a huge fan of Fortier or, or Remielli or somebody else that they're going to have to bring up and play or somebody on the back end like a Schuster. I mean, those guys are NHL players. You're not going to have fide top six forwards being called up every time somebody goes down. And the Lightning, the fact that they're able to win as many games they have, Dave, with who they've had to call up and play, I think speaks to the team being a bit deeper than we thought. But I mean. At some point, you have to take a step back and say, what are we critiquing here? Do you want to critique the effort? Or yeah. Are we critiquing the players?
0: And it's, it's like the, um, the well-oiled machine that becomes a little less well-oiled. Like, I'm not sure that this is on one individual player. Or like, if we only had an extra defenseman, you know, when you talk about depth, these were systemic team breakdowns. This was team play that was a problem. And that is something that is correctable, and the Lightning have played a lot better defensively even earlier this year. Yeah. But sometimes, like, and this is individual, but sometimes, like, when a, a really good hitter goes into a slump and needs to find his way out of it, you know, teams also go into these kind of collective dips where they're having more breakdowns than they normally would, and that's when you kind of have to go as they say, cliched back to basics or back to the drawing board or uh, reinforce good habits and and go look at the video and have some practice time to to make sure that you are dialed in defensively. And I think you said yesterday, Greg, or it was the day before. You know, playing really good team defense is hard work. It is hard work, and sometimes you need to kind of get splashed in the face with a bucket of cold water to remember exactly what you need to do and, and how dialed in you need to be against quality opposition.
1: I think when you really have to rely on your defense to win games, and that is the hallmark of your team, meaning let's say the Islanders. I just think that's a really hard brand of hockey to play straight through the playoffs and to win a championship. I'm not saying it can't be done, and let's face it, the Islanders have been very close to getting to a Stanley Cup mm-hmm. and winning. it. I would I say the
0: Kings did it. Uh, that's a fair in a point. way. It's a fair. They have point. some. They had some talented offensive players, but the way their team was structured, that's a hard... it was structured. It was. D-up, D-up, D-up.
1: And I I think that might be more of the exception than the norm. Like, the teams that have won cups, multiple cups, the Lightning have proven to be a very good defensive team, Dave.
0: Yeah. Maybe even elite once the Maybe in today's game, you need to be able to do both.
1: I think that's fair. And I think what the Lightning have shown is the ability to take it up a notch defensively when the chips are down. And that teams who are really good defensively in the regular season have problems getting over the hump offensively. Does that make sense? Like I yeah. think the Lightning have enough offense where they can win games in the playoffs and feel pretty good 3-2 1 because they have enough skill where they only need a couple of shots maybe to beat you. And I think we've seen that over the years. Where I think the Lightning catch a lot of people off guard is the fact that they defend really well. Mm-hmm. And they almost become just as elite as those teams who defend well in the regular season. And I think that is something that probably gets overlooked when we
0: evaluate this team. I will well, it's say it's been this. the case in their closeout wins the last five Absolutely. series have been five of the, the best performances in terms of team defense it's incredible that we have seen from the Lightning throughout the last two years total. You're right.
1: And that's something we have to factor in. The last thing I'll say about just the Rangers in closing before we, we sign off and, and get ready for the game tonight, I feel like, Dave, the Rangers are a team we've been hearing about for the last couple of years. And I don't know if people want to put them in that elite category with the Lightning and the Panthers, maybe even teams slightly below them. But I feel like they're a team that needs to do something this year. I feel like we've been hearing a lot about the Rangers the last couple of years, about all the talent that they've acquired and, you know, how they're coming and, and they're close. Well, I, I, eventually, like all teams who need to get over the hump, you have to have some moments where you break through. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Rangers, we're, we're kind of getting to that point where they need to they need to do something with this talent. And I, we'll find out tonight. We'll get an idea of how they look. I mean, on paper, they look really good.
0: Well, and I have a very high opinion of Gerard Gallant.
1: Yes, he's very
0: good. For whatever reason, things things dried up for him in Vegas. And I think talking to the people in Vegas, they were like, yeah, it was probably time. He was let go in Florida way too soon. Like, that was a, a an organizational mistake, and the way they in did retrospect. It. Remember the way, the way they, they did, did it. it, too. Yeah, he geez. did a great job yeah, in Florida, did. and look at the job he did in Vegas. Now, maybe it was time. Yeah. We weren't close to that situation. Who knows? I'm not surprised the Rangers have taken a big step forward with him behind the bench. It'll in be addition to the fact that they do have a lot of high draft picks who are now playing on their team.
1: It's now time to— I, Look, we had uh, our buddy Kyle Woodley on, the goaltender whisper. Mm -hmm. And he talked about Shesterkin. He likes Shesterkin. He thinks he is like right below Vasilevsky in terms of
0: tools. He's an older guy, too. He spent a lot of time in the KHL. He just turned 26 yesterday, and it feels like – I mean, the Lightning have never seen this guy because he came up from the minors. His first year in North America was the 2019-2020 season. He came up after the Lightning and Rangers had already played each other. They were supposed to see each other once more, but that game came after the season paused. And then, of course, they didn't see him last year. But he's got a really impressive resume. So if you look at it that way, Greg, I think they've got a really good coach. If Shesterkin is kind of going to be their guy, and his numbers are very good this year, and they they are playing well defensively, they are in the top five in terms of team defense, what do you talk about? A stud in the middle, a stud defenseman, and, and the goalie an and they got, got adam center. fox yeah. now i don't know if he's as complete an all-around player as some other elite defense but there's no doubt that he is a really talented defenseman who won the norris trophy last year and while he's not a center panarin is is an elite guy he is an elite guy
1: hell I in want the running the for
0: for the Hart trophy two years ago
1: i was making the case for the lightning to get him the year they lost to columbus yeah and the uh that's, I mean, he's, just, he's a dynamic player. He's an elite yeah. talent. There's no so reason. they have some pieces. They they it, the
0: question is putting it all together. They do. And now they have Barkley Goodrow, too. And we know what he can do for a we're team gonna, in the playoffs.
1: We're going to hear from him in the pregame show. So that'll be, uh, be Stephen Cusimano, I think, is putting together a nice little feature there. So that'll be fun to listen to. And, of course, we start with our, our coverage, the pregame skate show. It's going to be Brian Burns, and it's going to be uh, Brian Bradley doing it there and then I'll have the pregame at 6 30 and then uh you and Chief will have the call yep. at seven as we uh head into the new year partner
0: yeah Phil's out of town by out of town he's just down the road a little bit but spending <laughs> New Year's New Year's a little farther yes. south and okay. uh he will miss this home game so glad that Chief is able to sit in and then yeah, Chief and I will be on the call for the the Sunday afternoon game between these teams at MSG
1: yep partner great job we'll talk to you uh, during the pregame
0: Yep, and an early Happy New Year to to you and all the listeners, but we'll talk again tonight.
1: No doubt about that, and we'll be with you in this setting on Monday, noon to one. Thanks to all who listened. We always appreciate it. Make sure you listen to the game starting at 6 tonight with our pregame skate show right here on Lightning Power Play.